I am John, Whoopi impersonator and a Ladrin warlock with the Warriors of the Stars. Along came Jason, my bearded friend. Fabulous secret ideas revealed to me the day he came to my house and said, I want to make a podcast! Only two others share this secret. I have Chris Visions, I like walks on the beach, sunsets, poodles. What's up, everybody? Morphin Time. Hi, I'm Rick Remender. Rob, the artist. Hey, everybody, how are you doing? Hey, I'm Mr. Priscilla. Hi, this is Ashley Eckstein, voice of Ahsoka Tano. Robbie Amell. What's up, guys? Today, I have special guest, Mike Selinker. You do indeed. We're working on Black Science. Bob McLeod, creator of the New Mutants. I've been working for Marvel and DC Comics for the last 40 years. Brian Herbert. About a year ago, I've got a, a Twitter site. I couldn't get my own name. Somebody took my name. <laughs> and we have special guest, Gus Lopez. Oh, hey, guys. I'm thrilled to be on. Robin Hobb is here. Working on a trilogy called The Fits and the Fool. Livio Raimondelli. Appreciate it. I'm, I'm a big Transformers fan, G1 fan myself. Together we started talking about toys, comics, games, and movies on the Super Awesome Geek Show! Hello everyone out there and welcome back to the Super Awesome Geek Show. Today I've got returning guest Sam Johnson of Geek Girl Comics. Sam, how you doing? I'm okay. How are you, John? Pretty good, pretty good. How's things been since the last time we chatted? Uh, good, good. Building building things with Geek Girl. Uh, we did a Kickstarter, which which went well. And uh, off the back of that, we've got the, the second book, uh, Geek Girl Crime or Trade Paperback, about to come out. Uh, the art's done on issue five. Uh, so it's all coming on nicely. That's good. It's good to hear. I, I like... Uh, that the adventures of Ruby K and Summer continue, you know. Absolutely on, ongoing now. Yeah. So, uh, where, so Sam, give a little bit of background. Let's 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 pretend that no one knows exactly who you are, and uh, they don't really know that much about Geek Girl. So, why don't you give a little spin about all that before we get into some nitty gritty stuff? You know. Okay, so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Sam Johnson. I'm a comics writer. Uh, I uh, I kind of got my start by entering some talent searches. Uh, I placed second in a in a Wizard Comics magazine one back in the day, and and then placed in another one as well. Uh, kind of got hooked then. Uh, I've been getting published for about ten years or so with uh, my comics, The Almighty's, the, uh, the comedy super team. I co-write with Mike Gagnon. Uh, Carbaccini Voodoo Junkie Hitwoman has appeared in, in anthology, Halloween anthology series of FX. And then my big one is Geek Girl, which is now on its, uh, on following its mini series and then issue zero now on an ongoing series. And who Geek Girl is, is Ruby Kay, is a hot popular college chick. She lands a pair of super tech glasses from a college brainiac on a drunken whim. Uh, initially, she doesn't really know how to handle them, and, and they kind of make her super klutzy, her not being used to the super strength that they give her, and she kind of alienates her cool kid click by knocking drinks over them, trying to demonstrate her powers, which they're incredulous to, but she doesn't alienate her best friend Summer, who's into superheroes, gets a costume made for her, Summer's a fashion designer at their college, and... Um, Ruby K becomes a superheroine, and where we were got to in the miniseries was she'd stepped up, you know, really taken on the mantle, 
developed from her more sort of a shallow, cool click girl days and stepped up. But as a result, took down this big bad landing, lightning storm. It was trashing their city of May. Uh, Ruby took her down, but got electrocuted in the process. And that's where we find her at the beginning of the new collection, Geek Girl Crime War, in a coma with Summer filling in for her as Geek Girl, or trying her best to at least. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I, I love how that's kind of developed and uh, gone along. And um, one thing I was noticing was like when I started reading this uh, cr- Crime Lord, right? Crime and uh, What's that? Crime War, yeah. Crime War, yeah. The uh, I was loving how she's still wearing the big headphones with the... <laughs> like, she can't move to an earbud, you know? <laughs> Yeah, well, Summer is, as I say, the, it's the, the glasses that give the powers. So Summer has a hold of these and is, is trying to sort of fill in for Ruby uh, while she's out of action. But Summer doesn't have the natural propensity at superheroing that Ruby does. And so she's got these this, these uh, headphones on because she's in contact with Pitbull, the jock superhero of Maine, who's uh, kind of mentoring her. But it's not going incredibly well. Like, again, having difficulty with gauging the, the super strength and the powers that the glasses endow their, their wearer with, which Ruby had, had got a, a reasonable handle on by the end of the, the miniseries. Arc. Summer starts the arc and the new one by trying to take down a mugger. She's she's flying down after him, chasing him down a, down the high street and trying to just gear it so she'll just sort of knock him into the wall without doing him too much harm, but knock him out. But she kind of misjudges it and sort of smashing through this hardware store window. And he is unconscious as a result, but the hardware store owner <laughs> is more concerned about the damage she's done to his store and how yeah. she's going to pay for it. <laughs> What's really interesting is it adds a little bit of more of that realistic element to a comic book, which is a trend we've been seeing lately, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I hope and, and certainly the reviews have, have kind of got this, that, uh, that, that Ruby and Summer, they hopefully come across quite real and their relationship is, is at the heart of it. As I say, you know, Ruby, part of the reason Summer is, is filling in as, as Geek Girl, which the name Geek Girl, Summer gave Ruby ironically or, or jokingly at least because of the her klutzy actions. Summer is doing it, is filling in for her because she kind of feels guilty that she pushed Ruby into into the whole superhero thing. Um, so uh, she's doing the best she can, and uh, you know the, the the relationship of these two is is at the heart of it. They are they are BFFs, but when Ruby. Ruby does come out of the the coma quite soon, and but the direction she takes is is possibly not what you would automatically expect. And also, when Summer pitches up at her door wearing the uh, the Geek Girl costume, Summer doesn't exactly get the the uh, reaction that she might have been hoping for. Yeah, yeah, I liked that too. I liked that the uh, well, that's what I mean. Like you've got you've got these characters that are grounded in re- what I'm going to say grounded in reality. Because they kind of act in a way that you might expect you and your circle of friends to act. And, and not so much in the way that the typical superhero, like Superman back in the day, might act, you know? Um, yeah. 
Um, I mean, I yeah, I mean that's that's part of what I like about the characters. They're they're flawed, um, and you know the the whole thing is the the high concept, if if you will, is mean girls meet superheroes. So you've very much got this this college element uh, integral to it, and uh, although with where things are going in the new direction, which is coming in issue five, that's kind of well, it'll be a new direction, but there still will be. As I say, Ruby and Summer's relationship is at the heart of it, and, and that hopefully comes across as real. Yeah. Yeah, I just really like when she comes through the door and she's like, what are you doing? You're wearing my costume. You know, like, like what's going on? <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, Summer is doing it with the best intentions, but Ruby's perspective is she didn't know if Summer's going to be here. This is in the beginning of Chapter 2. Uh, of the the primal um shouldn't expect someone to turn up in in this costume and uh ruby sees this as hang on i i just that i kind of earned that i wore that i risked my life wearing that i nearly died wearing that and you what, what are you doing wearing it whereas that is completely not summer's point of view she's doing it with all the best intentions uh yeah. but again where it kind of goes with the rest of the clique who uh, had alienated themselves or had alienated Ruby from them. Now that Ruby has saved the freaking city as geek girl, uh, she's popular. So they want to be part of, of what's popular. So they kind of want to ingratiate themselves back with Ruby, but now see Summer as kind of because of the way they think, they see Summer as kind of trying to cash in on the, the geek girl uh, cachet, which is, is not what she's doing at all. Yeah, she just feels like um, someone should have kept the mantle, you know, and kept going. So, you know. Exactly. I mean, she, you know, Summer is, is a, her dad's a, a comic book, big comic book fan. She has her, her dorm walls are adorned with like superheroes, including Neon Girl, who's the, the, the first lady superhero of Maine where they live. So she, you know, she's she gets all that stuff that we, we naturally get as, as comic fans. But uh, the the world that Ruby comes from, the, the cool kid clique, that's not kind of how they roll. Yeah, and speaking of Neon Girl, there the um, the superhero that was established in the city before, right? Mm-hmm. She like like I said, I haven't, I didn't, I've read like one through three. I haven't fully read number four yet, mm-hmm. but. Um, I'm kind of getting the impression she's not entirely happy with the idea of Geek Girl being around. It's not that she's not happy with it. I mean, Neon Girl is kind of permanently angry anyway. Uh, <laughs> because, I mean, when we introduced her, it was, and this was how Ruby had to step up in the first place, is Lightning Storm, this, this new supervillain that came from nowhere in the miniseries doing a lot of damage, basically fried Neon Girl, put her in a coma, uh, Neon Girl with, was quite scarred physically from this, but came back to, yeah. to, to help Geek Girl and Pitbull stop uh, Lightning Storm. And then Lightning Storm also destroyed uh, uh, one of her hands. Uh, so she's kind of, you know, she's a bit pissed. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, the uh, the anger that's happening in, in uh, 
in the crime world arc, though Geek Girl is, is sort of connected, it's a frustration that there's this sort of quote unquote fake Geek Girl running around because Neon Girl wants Ruby Kay to help her take down these new criminals that have come out of the work, the, um, the League of Larsonists, which has happened because of the lightning storm damage that's trashed police stations, hospitalized superheroes. There's all kind of kinds of weird and wonderful criminals coming out of the woodwork. And this uh, legal larcenist headed by Pighead, the man who's had his <laughs> brain fused with the pigs uh, and with a face to match, is uh, he's trying to make a name for his crew and build them up into the legion of larcenists. Yeah. Uh, got the tech to sort of pull off. Well, they've got a teleportation device, so they've got high-tech blasters, if you think sort of cable-style blasters, uh, so they can they can pull bank jobs and then get out of there with this teleportation device. So Neon Girl is quite frustrated and wants a hand in taking these people down, and she wants the real Geek Girl. She doesn't want Geek Girl's tribute act. I gotcha. So I was, I was sort of taking that frustration in a way that was that was aimed at both, but it's really more aimed just at summer. Gotcha. Yeah, but in the context is what you're talking about is is uh, I, I believe near the start of chapter two, where um, or um, maybe later on, but anyway, when Neon goes attempting to take out the uh, take down the uh, legal arsonists and they get away, so she's frustrated about that. And as I say, she needs she needs a hand. Yeah. No pun intended, because she just had a hand prize. <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's true yeah speaking of pighead I, I like i like him he's he's quite the character you know um and yeah. i like how later on what was it in chapter three i think it was where he was like we got to come up with our own names he goes you don't think my my real i'm gonna go by pighead do you <laughs> Yeah, well, there's a little bit of friction with him. I got a new recruit called Terry, and uh, Terry rubs Pighead up the wrong way. And, and the, the problem from the outset is that Pighead wants everyone to be all in and fully committed to building the legal arsonist into the legion of arsonists. And, and he perceives Terry as being a little bit half-assed. He's, he's not, he doesn't live in Maine, so he's kind of commuting into, as, as, as someone put it uh, in a previous interview, I did, commuting in to do his uh, super of villainy and uh, and he's, he's just not fully committed and and he gets when when they're doling out um, code names they've got masks that they're assigned to people and, and they're looking for a mask that fits their character and pig at this point already has a very negative view of uh, of Terry and so when he's looking at the masks which all that's left at this point are Hulk Hogan and Terminator it doesn't feel like these particularly fit so he's trying to come up with a name for him. And then one of the other guys that's a new recruit mentions how his wife's made him have a vasectomy. So uh, Pighead then saddles in the name Numbnuts. And uh, <laughs> things don't really much improve in their relationship from there. But Terry does find himself an ally in uh, another of their recruits that comes in, Chromex, the pseudo-street-talking robot. Yeah, I was just going to bring up Chromex myself, yeah. Where did he, where did the idea for Chromex come from? He's really he's really interesting. Uh, well, it's uh, I, I like to refer to him as an, an it 
rather than a hey, but uh, he's, hey, I've just said it. <laughs> uh, I don't know, I, I have a thing. Uh, I've, I'm, I'm currently running, actually, for the second time, a Doom Patrol slash Geek Girl giveaway. And the reason for that is partly to cross over the audience and partly because of that, um, I well, because I, I bring in my Doom Patrol Grant Morrison influence. So I've been able to, since yeah. being Doom Patrol, I've been able to sort of think in weird mode and Chromax is, a, as I say, a sort of pseudo street talking robot that I came up with as, as one of the uh, kind of, not Doom Patrol directly inspired, but just been able to sort of, you know, that sort of sensibility and be able to think in the way that, you know, the kind of characters that, that Morrison came up with for that and that, that Gerard Way is is doing now for the for the new run. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's been quite uh, helpful to be able to, to sort of tap into that weirdness and Carbaccini voodoo junkie hit woman is another one that's, that already exists that will be coming into the pages of, of Zero now that we're ongoing. Uh, in, coming to the pages of Geek Girl now that we're ongoing. And, uh, yeah, again, that's sort of born of being able to think in weird mode, having had the, the, the pleasure of uh, Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol arc. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was going to get at. I could see a lot of that influence in there with the in these, in these books, you know. And speaking of, you watched the show, right? Uh, I've seen bits of most episodes, but it's not... At- actually available here in the uk oh really uh, yeah the dc channel isn't available here and i was kind of expecting to happen what happened with titans which was that it came on netflix hereafter but that hasn't happened so no sign of a dvd release either so i know it's good i've seen you know they trailed i think pretty much every episode so i've seen plenty of clips uh but uh unfortunately haven't been able to watch it yet Okay. Well, you're in for a treat when you finally do get to I, see I, it. Uh, I, yeah. I, I see they are they are nailing it. And, uh, I mean, I, I really like uh, April Bowlby, I think her name is, or as uh, Rita Farr. Um, the casting of um, the chief, uh, Timothy Dalton, seems good. It all, it's so, all, there's like, such, so much to love. If you're into Doom Patrol, there's so much to love about it. And it really taps into the Grant Morrison run. So, yeah, I, I, I really, really, really want to see it. Um, but, uh, I mean, the, the same time as that came out, we had um, the other, the Gerard Way thing, what was it? Umbrella Academy. Yes, so yes. That was on Netflix. So I yep. saw a that and that was that's as I said there's a similarity there Gerard Way is a get like me inspired by Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol as well as other incarnations of Doom Patrol and that was great that was yeah really enjoyed that yeah that was fantastic I I barely knew I mean I didn't read those comics the umbrella and uh so it was it was really interesting I mean I knew about them I knew Mm. about the characters I knew what was going on it, but I'd never actually sat down and had read them, you know. So I was pretty fresh going into that series when I watched it on Netflix, and I really loved it. It was it was fantastic. Yeah, and I mean another thing that was great about it is I think some of the casting really brought something to it, like Jessica Jones, who I think yeah. fantastic. Um, the uh, the guy that played Klaus and the guy that played the 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 kid the fifty two year old or whatever age <laughs> body both yes. of those two I thought were, were excellent. Yes, I loved that his his mannequin girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, I don't think that that kind of thing would exist without the uh, the Doom Patrol influence. Yeah, 
That was great. But yeah, I got to tell you, Sam, you're in for a real treat when you finally get to see the Doom Patrol. Cause yeah, I, I can't uh, believe that DC Universe isn't uh, worldwide. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't know quite what the, what's going on with DC Universe because they like they, they had Swamp Thing and then they cancelled that before it had even come out, or maybe they didn't cancel it. But I, I, I yeah, I think they effectively did cancel it because I think they, they did, yeah, second series, yeah. Um, uh, but Doom Patrol is is getting a second series. That's that's they cool. are, yes. Um, yeah, it's a little so, crazy. I I just I actually just watched the Swamp Thing. And I don't really get it. I don't understand why they decided there wouldn't be... Like, before it even was released, they decided mm. there wouldn't be an audience. And it's done really well. Mm. And what I really like about it is there's an, there's an overall arc of, like, an, a, like the, the bad guy in town and his, his sort of, like, criminal corporation, you know, which spans the entire... 10 or 11 episodes, whatever it was. But mm. also, each individual episode has a monster of the week kind of thing. Yeah. There's, there's something that happens to create some kind of creature or altered human or something weird that Swamp Thing and the girl have to solve. And it's it, by the end of that one episode, it, they fixed it. It's over, yeah. you know? So I really liked that aspect of it. It has both the overall arch that goes through the entire series, but also that thing where each episode can be self-contained and yeah. you've got a beginning, middle and end dealing with this one element, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of like, I called it the monster of the week thing, yeah. you know? And I really liked that because that's the kind of television that I prefer is where I can watch the one episode and it's done but then there's little things that sort of trickle on throughout all yeah. of them that sort of connect them together, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure they've got the reasons, but I have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Those were. But, I, I mean, I, the, the latest thing is the Sony and Spider-Man, and I haven't properly read into that, but as a, as a layman, if um, you've just had your biggest hit ever, you don't <laughs> pull, pull the license, I would have thought um... well a lot of people are misinterpreting <laughs> that i i actually saw the all um, right because my father was just talking with me today about it because he we we trade in stocks on the new york stock exchange and stuff and mm. so we're constantly keeping up with all the news from these companies especially disney because we're pretty heavily uh invested in disney financially right. and uh what it really is is that Sony thinks that with Venom and stuff that they can take Spider-Man in a direction that's different than where Disney wants to go with the standalone films, okay? So Sony's not going to renew the contract for standalone films. So they're going to take Spider-Man and put him in the Venom universe and go in their direction. Sony is. Well, Disney can still have Spider-Man but only in other MCU projects. He can't yeah. be a standalone film. So yeah. Tom, Tom Holland as Spider-Man is still going to show up in the Avengers. He might be in a Doctor Strange movie, but that movie will not be titled Spider-Man. He'll yeah. just show up as a side character, yeah. you know? Yeah. So yeah. he's not out of the MCU. It's just they're yeah. no longer going to make standalone films. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I kind of, from from what I heard, I thought that that might be the case, but it does it still seems, you know, I mean, the thing with yeah. 
the the two Spider-Man films we've had since it being Sony and Marvel have been very much integrated with the yes. Marvel Cinematic Universe. So you would have had two completely different films without that. So Sony are, are like, okay, we want to go in our own direction. But again, if you've just had two very well received, very you know financially successful films, it yeah. seems. It's slightly strange, especially given that, I mean, I didn't even bother seeing then, and it looked rubbish to me. It's, I know some people liked it, but uh, I, I didn't fancy it. Well, it's not the Venom we're used to, you know what I mean? It's still not the comic book Venom. No. So it was an, it's, it's a good movie in its own right, but it's not the Venom that we know from the comic books, you know? No. I mean, was it, was it completely on, they didn't even mention Spider-Man in that? Actually, I don't think that they did. It's been a while since I've seen it. But... He hasn't got the, the spider on his chest, has it? No, he doesn't, no. No, so, no. yeah, I don't know. Anyway, good luck to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, I guess financially, the whole deal was that Disney got very little of the money, even though this last Spider-Man made a billion dollars. Okay. So their part of it was when the, when they went back to the table was let's split it 50 50. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? We'll still produce because basically like Sony wasn't doing any of the work and they got most of the money. All right. Okay. <laughs> so Disney was kind of like, look how successful we've been by with us producing it. So right. why don't we now split the money 50 50 and keep going? And Sony was like, oh, no. If right. we make them ourselves, we'll get the whole billion dollars. But right, right. <laughs> they're missing the point that they're not going to be able to make a movie that's that good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but whatever, you know? Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> but uh, still on Spidey, though, I will uh, mention my favorite book at the moment is Superior Spider-Man. I really enjoyed the original run, and, and now it's come back. It really, uh, like the original run, it's it's quite uh, unpredictable. And, uh, yeah, really, really enjoyed As I say, I mean, Doom Patrol was, it generally is my favorite book, but right now that Superior Spider-Man is, is kicking ass. Christos Gage, the writer, uh, really, really kicking ass. See, I've only been reading The Amazing Spider-Man. I have to... Uh... So, catch me up here. Is Superior still Osborne? Doc Ock. Doc Ock, that's right. Sorry, it was Doc yeah, Ock. Right. Yes, but it's it's a that's different right. ballgame now because he's kind of like proved himself as as, as he's changed and he's, you know, he's set, he's, he's set up in San Francisco and he's kind of known as the San Francisco Spider-Man. But people didn't know or the general public didn't know that it was Doc Ock. And it's only now in the latest issue that that's kind of come out. Wow. Uh, and But Spider-Man and other superheroes, having seen his actions, have given him their approval. Uh, but uh, obviously some people are going to be like, oh, it's it's Doc Ock. Uh, so uh, it's interesting. I say you don't know where it's going to go. And... Um, it, it, I, yeah, it's great. Really, really, really into it. And the supporting cast... Uh, Maria, who was in the original uh, Superior Spider-Man series, is, is back in it, and, and Horizon Labs is an integral part of it, which was a big part of, of the, the Superior run and Amazing Spider-Man at that time. And yeah, just really digging it. Nice. I'll have to, I'll have to give it a go. I'll have to check it out. Maybe when it comes on trade, I can get it all in one. Yeah, yeah. I think the, the first of the new series is, is probably in trade now. So yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, I'll have to check that out. I've been... Because I, I get a lot of the Star Wars. I get Transformers. So it's kind of like I, I don't I don't add a whole lot. I've always been getting Spider-Man. And I just started getting the new X-Men stuff because Jonathan Hickman's back. Yeah. And uh, so it's kind of like I don't want to add too much more to my yeah, pile. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, yeah, I mean, that's, it's every week, that, that X-Men stuff as well, I think. It is uh, now, yeah. But uh, Amazing Spider-Man I'm enjoying as well. I like that uh, the sort of mystery bad guy that's... Uh, the bandage bad guy that's coming yeah. to the floor and uh yes there's some good stuff good stuff coming out from marvel at the moment a valkyrie the new uh the new jane foster book i'm enjoying that's, that that's gonna uh, come soon yep yep uh well it's, it's it's out the second issue came out this week um and future foundation uh off the back of secret wars where you've got the, the fantastic four uh sort of mini fantastic four if you will trying to find the pieces of the molecule man and put them back together and you've got the evil reed richards in it from the uh, from the multiverse some good stuff i'm really really enjoying marvel at the moment nice yeah yeah i didn't get uh i didn't get any of the fantastic four stuff but i've been seeing the characters pop up in other things and it's kind of making me ooh, i want to know what happened in some of these old stories and go and get some of the trades or something you know yeah, yeah, no, there's there's plenty of good stuff coming out. You know, I was gonna say back when we were talking about characters like yours that are sort of have this part of them that's grounded in reality and everything. Did you see? Do you get Amazon Prime? Did you see the boys? Uh, I don't. I don't have Amazon Prime. I've got a friend that has it, so I'm planning on watching it. Um, but I think that's. I mean, that's Garth Ennis. So I think oh, that's possibly. Done. It's done really well. The the show yeah. is just brilliant. I liked it. Okay, yeah, I know it's I know it's been very well received, but I think that's that's a quite a, a harder edge. It yeah. is, yes. It's yeah, a lot harder yeah. edge than what yours is. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, I know I'd, I'd like to check it out. Um, I like Preacher, and uh, yeah, yeah, I'll be checking it out. It was interesting to hear my brother because he had never, he didn't even know it was comic books. He had nothing, no clue what was going on when he went right into the Amazon Prime show. And he was just, oh, I'm loving this. And since yeah. I've told him about it being a comic that he's he's like, oh, I got to go back and check out some of these. So I might grab a trade or two for him so he can check those out because yeah he had, he had no idea that it was actually something before the show you know right right and i, I mean often I, I don't know i haven't read the boys and obviously i haven't seen the show but often the tv shows don't like take that much from the comic anyway so it wouldn't just like rehashing i mean jessica Jones, exactly very it's, little of that is is from the comics apart from obviously the kill stuff yeah exactly but it gives you more like rounded view of those characters and where they're coming from you know yeah 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 so sam what are your uh do you want to give away any future plans like what do you got coming down you've got another kickstarter that you're going to do at some point right yeah i mean that that'll be next year i mean what's 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 impending is well i mean we've got the the geek girl crime war trade paperback is out now or out august 26 depending on whenever this whenever this goes out and that's available at amazon uh i mentioned i'm running a geek girl doom patrol giveaway so 
uh, if you go to geekgirlcomics.com and go in the news section, you can find that. And it's basically if you join the mailing list, you get entered into this. You can win all kind of Geek Girl limited variants and, and Doom Patrol stuff, including uh, a Doom Patrol collection, which has 25 of Grant Morrison's uh, issues in, which is a you know, which is some great, great stuff. Um, so yeah, so geekgirlcomics.com for that and to get to the mailing list and and any and that also links to to buy in the, the crime or trade. The original trade is available. And then what we're finishing up at the moment is issue five, which is going to be a jump on issue coming out uh, probably late September, uh, which is the new direction, which off, off the back of uh, the crime or trade, where we end up, there's a character, Johnny Carlisle, gets introduced during it, who's a kind of morally dubious uh, weapons dealer or high-tech weapons dealer who may or may not have indiscriminately provided the legal arsonist with their kit, which is another reason why Neon Girl's angry uh, and is angry at him because she thinks he did. Uh, but uh, she kind of gives him a telling off and he kind of decides to take things in a new direction. So what he decides to do is propose a super team with Geek Girl as part of it. So that is going to be the new direction that kicks in in issue five. But as with how I've been playing things so far, it's uh, kind of... Uh, expect the unexpected in terms of where that goes we're not going to now sort of see just a straightforward this is team geek girl going off, off on missions that's gonna it's gonna take some twists yeah interesting yeah i see um i'm still flipping through the uh fourth book there and i see her and neon girl having some good times there together well that's, that sounds a bit less bionic but <laughs> Uh, oh yes, uh, not like that. I mean, come on. <laughs> you can see how it could sound like that. <laughs> yeah. I but mean, smashing down walls and taking out the bad guys. Yes, <laughs> girl and neon girl and another character who gets introduced, uh, kind of team up, which is kind of where Johnny gets this idea of, of the super team from. Team up to take on the the now legion of larcenists, uh, and that's it's quite a kick-ass. Uh, kick-ass chapter that yeah i'm gonna have to really pay attention when we're done with this when i finish it up yeah <laughs> but hey uh so let's see so that's a lot coming down the pipe there sam man yeah at the moment i'm gonna say the trade for end of august the the, the issue five for end of september but you know we're the whole creative team's on board for the ongoing so we're working on Already, well, about I've, I'm working on issue six, and once uh, Carlos is is ready with when he's finished what he's doing, he's going to be getting on issue six. So yeah, there will be a new Kickstarter uh, next year, and the date of that will be uh, will be publicised at the back of uh, issue five when that hits. And uh, that again, if you get on the Geek Girl mailing list, you'll you'll find out exactly when that hits and when you can get it. And the and then the contest a little bit. That's a very generous contest doing twenty five issues there with along with all your stuff. Um, where like, how long is that going? Like, how long do people have before the deadline of entering? Well, it's it's designed to run through the course of of the release of the trade and um, and Geek Girl Five. So you know, it's all kind of cross promoting Doom Patrol with with Geek Girl. So. Yeah, it's it's running now and it runs until I 
if at the moment the intention is for issue five to come out and say it's not a finite finalized definite date yet but the intention is to come out the, the last wednesday in september so the aim is for the contest to finish around then but also you can enter it multiple times because if you once you've entered it there's like a link to sharing it on it's like a viral giveaway there's a link to sharing it on facebook and retweeting it and yep. um, if you do that you get like three extra entries so you could potentially you know even if you've already entered number one you can increase your chances of winning but also you could potentially win win more than one thing from it that's pretty good it's a good idea to do that kind of stuff because it encourages people to share everything and pass it around the internet and uh that's a win-win for everybody you know it helps you out and it gets them more entries so they get what they want you know yeah (laughs) also as i say that you know the part of what's behind it is there is this this as I've, as we've we've hit on a couple of times this doom patrol influence things are going to get weirder so if you're a fan of doom patrol uh i think you'll you'll find the new direction quite uh, up your street yeah and they can find your stuff on uh, comiXology right uh, yeah, the Geek Girl stuff's all on Comixology. Uh, at the time of recording this, hopefully the Cranmore Trade paperback is is on there for the 26th, the same as uh, it's on Amazon. Uh, that may not be the case because the 26th is a Monday. It's not New Comic Book Day. But gotcha. anyhow, if you if you go on there and it's not there again, you go to the Geek Girl site, join the mail list. You'll get a you'll get a link to it whenever just just as soon as it is available. Uh, be on Drive Through Comics as well for digital. Um, but yeah, but uh, geekgirlcomics.com will will link to everything as it as and when it's available as as will the mailing list. In the UK, do you do New Comic Book Day on Wednesday as well? Yeah, yeah, it's the same. Okay. It's, it's good because it used to be we were sort of behind with it, and now they've managed to coordinate it so it, we get it basically the same time as you, which is cool because it's you want to get them. You know, if you're particularly looking forward to something, you want to you want to get it. You don't want to be reading about it and, and waiting to yeah. it two days later. So no, they they aligned that uh, quite quite a bit of time away ago now, and it's uh, yeah, it's good. That's cool. That's good. Yeah. So where? So let me get this straight. Yeah. So. It's about 2.30, going on 3 here, 2.45 p.m. on – what do you got there? Are you – So 7, 7.45 p.m. So you are about five hours, right? Five hours, yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, about five hours difference. Okay. Yeah. That's good. <clears throat> We're not burning the, the midnight hour. Yeah, yeah. I kind of figured because I had just talked to a guy who does a Star Wars podcast – in the UK, and he was ex- he was exactly five hours, so I kind of figured you guys were near each other. Yeah, he does Blue Harvest, the Star Wars action figure like collecting podcast. Okay. Mark was his name, yeah. Oh. But um, I get a lot. It's funny. I got like um, on Twitter and everything. I I'm I'm always amazed at how many people. I talk to and converse with back and forth that are from the UK more so than people that are here in the States, you know? And I'm like, I just don't understand why the people in the UK are so much more into communicating and talking and chatting back and forth and collaborating with things. But (laughs) you Uh, guys are great over there. I don't know what it is, but (laughs) (laughs) I can't really, uh, can't really answer that one, John. I know, I know. I don't know what it is, but 
I have a good time though. It's great, you know. Cool. Because I just enjoy chatting with everybody, you know. I I mean, you know that, Sam. I like. Yeah, yeah. I like catching up and finding out what's going on, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, Sam, um, do you want to give anything, any last minute thoughts or anything before we wrap up here? Uh, any, well, anything I missed that we did, we should have covered. I think we've covered the the crime one. We've covered the new direction pretty well. Um, another thing to say with the Geek Girl mailing list, if you if, you know if you want to see some stuff before you you're buying any of this, you join the Geek Girl mailing list, geekgirlcomics.com. Uh, you get a free digital preview comic which previews both the crime war and the new direction issue. So uh, that's uh, that's a pretty good jump on point. That's cool. That's good. Again, a generous thing to do, you know. Well, I'm not saying to borrow from a British comedian. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm Jesus. That's for other <laughs> people to say. <laughs> Richard Herring, that is. So there's no copyright <laughs> problems. <laughs> and Sam, why don't you give them your uh, Facebooks and Twitter and all that stuff so everyone can follow along here. Yeah, well, uh, th probably the easiest way to go, whether you're, you're joining the, the groups or finding me, whatever, is is uh, geek. It's always any search for geek girl, it's geek hyphen girl, because uh, there is a book. Uh, there was a series of books called Geek Girl, which is completely different. So, geek hyphen girl uh, comic book. Put that into Facebook, and it will bring up the the Geek Girl fan pages and the Geek Girl group. And uh, if you want to add my personal Facebook, you'll find me posting in there. So that should do you. Uh, Twitter is uh, specifically Geek Girl is Ruby underscore K K A Y E underscore or Duh D A Sam Johnson is mine. And uh, there's Instagram as well, Sam Johnson Comics. Uh, post post some Greek Geek Girl pre preview material on there. And uh, yeah, I think that that should about do you. Great. All right. Cool. I'll put a bunch of links to all that down in the description when I post this. So if you're listening to it, you'll find it down below on the website. And uh, all right. I guess that's that's pretty much covers it. Right, Sam? I, th I think it does. I think our work here is done. <laughs> well, hey, man, I really appreciate you coming back on. You know, thanks a lot for, you know, being a return guest. This is really cool. I always love catching up with you. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I always like uh, talking geek girl comics and then catching up on different things that we've seen in the comic book industry and what's on television, things like that. So it's really nice chatting with you, Sam. Me too. All right, man, friend. Well, uh, till next time, I guess we'll uh, just keep it geeky out there, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Sam. I appreciate you having you on. Cheers, John. Autobots, roll out! Oh! Hey, you've been listening to the Super Awesome Geek Show podcast. Find us on Twitter at Awesome Geek Show. And as always, thanks a lot for tagging along. Live long and prosper. May the force be with you. And we'll see you next time on the Super Awesome Geek Show. Yo, Joe!